Hello again, this is attorney Sean McLaughlin, and I'd like to welcome you to Law for Life, a program designed to provide useful information about the law as it relates to real-life situations and from a Christian or biblical perspective as appropriate. Law for Life is sponsored by Trinity Law, a local law firm available at 1-866-464-5297 or online at yourlawfirmforlife.com. This is attorney Matt Mangus, and joining me on today's program to discuss church use facility agreements is attorney Sean McLaughlin. Attorney McLaughlin has lectured widely across South Central Pennsylvania about such issues. Sean, can you tell us what could possibly be an issue for churches and the use of their premises? Well, thank you, Matt. Actually, the question is, where do I start? Uh, churches of any size really have a wide variety of non-church uses that they often like to use their church for. And I'm specifically speaking of when churches use their facilities for things other than for Sunday and Wednesday services and the like. We're talking about things like uh, weddings to polling activities to allowing a small homeschool or any school use uh, church facilities uh, to allowing local clubs or others to use their ball fields. I had a recent situation where some churches wanted to open their land for gardening activities to the public. Oh, that's interesting. So you've identified all these things. Where do we start? Generally speaking, when you have someone using your premises, you should seriously consider having an agreement with them, a written agreement. Such agreements can range in size and scope, but there are some things that every one of these ought to contain or which you should consider putting in the agreement. Like what? What should it have? Well, for starters, you want to know who you are dealing with. You want to identify the person, the group, or entity that's actually having responsibility for the event. So you want to identify their proper legal name in the document. You'll want to state whether there will be a fee or, or rent or is it free. Sometimes by charging a fee at the going rate, you may subject your church to regulations for public usage. Now, for some types of things, you may want to charge, and for others, you may not want to. But regardless of fee or free, you want that stated. Of course, you want the user to abide by your church's rules as well. And you want to have some type of statement in the document as to that effect. You might even attach your rules and regulations to your agreement. You might want to tell them that if they uh, are intending to do anything that's against your church's beliefs, you're not going to allow that. Again, these things need to be spelled out. Okay. What else do you need to have in that agreement with them? Well, there are two types of users, really. There's the organizational user and the individual user. For organizations, particularly with repeated usage, I liked them to um, accept liability for the usage and also to provide insurance uh, coverage for their usage. Again, particularly for repeated usage, you want them to have their loss or losses they cause to be insured if they cause any damage. And you might even have a specific dollar amount stated that you want them to cover you for. Now, for other types of users, such as the individual, of course, you'll want them to assume liability or responsibility for any harm they cause, but you may or may not want them to provide insurance coverage. What about people who want to operate a business, such as a school, or I've seen like music lessons, that type of thing? Well, in addition to the lease, of course, um, your user agreement um, terms can be incorporated into the lease, and you may want them to affirm that they have, for example, workers' comp insurance for their teachers and workers, and also that they provide those kind of um, proofs to you that they have that coverage. You'll want the user to be sure to return prop the property back in the same condition that they, they got it in. Um, some more basic terms include uh, how long is this lease going to last? 
Okay, well, in w- the list of things you mentioned, you mentioned weddings, and, and that can be a hot topic uh, these days. Uh, yeah, it can. And uh, frankly, we could have another whole program on this. But typically what will need to be done is a document review. You want to make sure that from your very foundational documents that your beliefs about who can marry, for example, one man, one woman, are woven into your most important documents so that when you later enact policies that confirm just that, you're showing how awfully important it is. And again, having a lawyer review those documents and put policies in place, user agreements and so on, is absolutely critical. So this like some of the topics we've discussed in the past. It's important to have the policies in place, have them thought out beforehand, get them reviewed by a lawyer to make sure that uh, they say what you think they say. Right. And you want to have that system that's uniformly applied so that uh, a user that may be rejected because, let's say, they wanted to have a homosexual wedding um, can't cry discrimination because you've already thought about these policies and you uniformly apply them. Okay. Thanks, Sean. That's all the time we have for today's program. Uh, On our next show, we'll begin a new topic. We want to remind the audience that nothing said on this Law for Life program is intended as legal advice, as each person's situation is different. If you have a legal need, please see an attorney. You can freely listen to today's program or any past program or series on our website, yourlawfirmforlife.com. That's yourlawfirmforlife.com. Just click the Resources tab. Inquiries about the program can also be directed to the local law offices of Trinity Law, toll-free, 1-866-464-LAWS. That's 1-866-464-LAWS.